Welcome to Fick Focus, where Bloomberg Intelligence fixed income, credit currency, and commodity strategists and analysts discuss their short and long-term views on debt markets and issuers. Now, here's the Bloomberg Intelligence Fick Research Team. It's February 16th. Yields are rising, spreads are higher, and volatility and concern have returned. I'm Rob Schiffman, and welcome to this month's Bloomberg Intelligence Credit Podcast. We have a very special treat today for everyone with the world's preeminent guru on cryptocurrencies, Mike McGlone, BI's chief commodities strategist, who's joining us for a discussion on how Bitcoin is likely to play a larger role in the world of corporate credit. Our newest BI team member, Dave Havens, who will be covering a broad swath of financials, REITs, and maybe even insurance will highlight the risks and rewards of Coinbase's bonds. And fan favorite and OG financials analyst Hamantra Bakshi will dig deep into Block's exposure, or perhaps non-exposure, to Bitcoin-related revenues. Welcome, everyone, especially Mike. How are you? I'm good, Rob. That's quite the intro. Thanks. Good seeing you again. I'm back in New York. I just missed this nice cold weather up here, so it's good to be back, though. We all wish we could be crypto analysts and down in Miami with you. Yeah, well, come in July and visit. But right now, it's just a good time to visit, man. <laughs> That's a good time. Uh, just, just have the lotion ready for me. I'll, I'll um, <laughs> So, listen, it, it seems like the crypto space's impact on corporate credit is on the rise, from exchanges to payments to investments, yeah. but it's really not that well understood by many. Um, and in particular, since Bitcoin is no longer just on a one-way ride higher, if you could do me a favor – Talk to me like I'm a Labrador Retriever puppy and give me a brief explanation of what exactly Bitcoin is, why Bitcoin matters, what factors drive its value, and maybe you could even give your price targets for the next six minutes, six months, six years. Well, we'll start with the latter. I think Bitcoin is on its way to going to $100,000. It's a matter of time. My, What I got wrong was trying to predict it was going to be too early. And the bottom line is – it is by code supply is declining, adoption and demand are increasing. And for the big picture macro, what it is, it's becoming global digital collateral in a world going digital. So to me, it's that simple and basic. It's basically what, what did Netflix do to Blockbuster? It's the world's going digital, Bitcoin's digital, the number one measure of, of it's the most significant digital property, right, there is. And the world's getting access to it, and it's one of those key things. Like, I look at it simplistically. You can love it or hate it, but most prudent money managers on the planet are getting like, okay, my greater risk is not being allocated to this space. It's less than 1% of most portfolios. So that's what's happening. So for this year, so far, it's on significant divergence strength. As you mentioned, it's February 16th. Bitcoin, Bitcoin is down maybe 4 to 5% in the year, and the Nasdaq's down 11%. And so it's going down with risk assets. Cryptos are very risky assets. And the key thing is Bitcoin is the least risky, but it's part of that revolution in the digitalization in finance and money. And I think the key thing I want to leave you with, Rob, is one of the most significant things that's happened in this space and I think that's going to be more related to um, that and cryptos, is the most significant, most widely traded crypto assets are crypto dollars. Now, some people call them stable coins. I'm like, well, why call them, call them what they are? Virtually all of them track the dollar, crypto dollars, just like euro dollars. And that's becoming um, predominant in the space. And the world has said, okay, this is a better way to t- transact, decentralized. And, uh, um, but Bitcoin has made all that happen. 
how much are you seeing? You know, you hear in the news, like, there's some athletes that are getting paid in Bitcoin. I think the mayor of New York City, uh, yeah. Adams, asked to be get paid in Bitcoin. How much is it moving from just a trading vehicle? Let's just hop on the bad wagon of, of a meme and watch something, um, you know, fly north to actually being baked into real life. And, and, and if and when it does, is that when the value of Bitcoin it doubles, triples, quadruples? Well, that, that, I think that's the absolute right question because here's a fact. Bitcoin is replacing gold in portfolios. The question is you have to extrapolate in the future. I fully expect that to continue. It's becoming a good complement for bonds and stocks. I, you get virtually nothing in, in bond market, but you can have Bitcoin. People understand, okay, it's a hedge. It's, you know, do I want analog gold or do I want the new digital version? So that's clearly happening. And um, I think the, the difference is then there's things like the dog coins, the Shiba and the Dogecoin. There's massive speculation in the space. There was last year was really indicative of like you and I remember from the internet in 1999, internet in 2000. We're purging those now, but the key stalwarts I fully expect will remain the three musketeers I call them: Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the proliferation of crypto dollars. And part of the reason Ethereum is important is because it's the foundation for really what's happening in things like NFTs. They're all denominated in Ethereum. And I mentioned crypto dollars. They're all based on Ethereum tokens. So this is a revolution in, in technology. And I think part of what's happening too is you see corporates adding it to their balance sheet like um, MicroStrategy and Tesla. And they're, they're, the accounting is a bit dicey right now, but there's a pretty solid asset. I think people are going to look back from the future and say, oh, do you own it? Oh, you don't you? don't you own it and if you do you're probably going to have a better better balance sheet and I think most managers are realizing well what's this risk if I just allocate a small portion now versus it going to zero or versus just continuing to do what it has been so I do think it's going to continue appreciating the price I do think right now we're in that stage where all correlations go to one when the stock market goes down but like I said Bitcoin's going to come out ahead is the way I see it Gotcha. I know you got a hundred people asking for your time, but if I could just get one more thing in, outside of cryptos, uh, in your world of commodities, whether it's rising oil or gas prices, everything seems to be a, a worry these days. What else should we be looking out in your world that that might affect corporate credit over the next twelve months? Bottom line is very binary, Rob. Does Ukraine, does Russia overrun Ukraine or not? My biases, I think they're going to do it. I don't think there's a way out for Mr. Putin now. It's This is happening right after the U.S. dicey pullout from Afghanistan. It's also happening after the Trump administration switched to the Biden administration, not perceived as as you know, strong of a person. And so to me, that's what's going to happen. That's all going to matter. All that's going to matter. Crude oil will continue to rally if this, this invasion happens, which I think it will. And I think we enter into recession like it's similar to 2008. All the, all the signs are there. Gotcha. So go out and buy electric cars. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so, so David, welcome. Um, you recently launched on Coinbase. And um, that name has definitely been on a roller coaster ride. And, and more recently, it's been going somewhat downhill fast. So, so I'd like to talk a little bit more about how that story is playing out. Um, what, what I've seen, at least in the last few years, it seems like old school financial institutions have been somewhat reticent to hop on the crypto bandwagon, if not flat out just saying they don't want to be involved. Um, talk, talk us through just a little bit of, you know, what is Coinbase? What are their competitive advantages? Um, and are they just a one-off or is this, you know, the future of banking? 
Yeah, well, thanks, Rob. And uh, d just to address something you said at the beginning, you know, Coinbase uh, has been going down. Um, and uh, just as Mike said, it, it it is going to be correlated, you know, with risk assets and with Bitcoin prices. And as Bitcoin prices go down or cryptocurrency prices go down, um, then Bitcoin itself is going to receive less of a commission on trades. But, but you know, sort of getting back to the core of your question, I, I, I think you're right, Rob. Um, establishment financial institutions um, appear to be somewhat slow in picking up on cryptocurrency. Um, as recently as October, Jamie Dimon called Bitcoin worthless. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but banks realize that the cryptocurrency train left the station a while ago, and they are increasingly hopping on. Even J.P. Morgan is hopping on that train. In fact, just yesterday, our own uh, Bloomberg reporters filed a story about J.P. Morgan opening a lounge set up by JP's, uh, J.P. Morgan's blockchain unit, Onyx, um, in the metaverse, replace, replete with a digital uh, portrait of Jamie Dimon. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, things are evolving quickly. Um, as for Coinbase, you know, they've been 100% focused on crypto for a decade. Um, if you're not really exactly sure what Coinbase is, it's, it's an exchange platform. They take a commission on crypto train, trades. Uh, but they also are increasingly focusing uh, on institutional services, acting as a custody platform. And this, in my view, creates a significant degree of fiduciary responsibility and that should probably result in Coinbase striving to see its uh, its BA1 double B plus ratings uh, get boosted to investment grade. At least that's what I think they'll try to achieve. And what sort of volumes like are we seeing when 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 Bitcoin is trading down? Are volumes meaningfully lower or higher? Like what under what scenarios does Coinbase um, really benefit versus versus lag? So the, uh, the the third quarter, I think, was the sweet spot. You know, you had a, a rapid appreciation in the value of, uh, of cryptocurrencies, um, and that drives, you know, sort of animal spirits, particularly in the, uh, in the retail world. So, you know, as the prices rise, um, you know, Bitcoin, is, or I'm sorry, Coinbase is going to uh, is going to take a, a larger cut simply because the uh, the asset price is higher. And as the price rise, the animal spirits, you know, sort of encourage uh, encourage day traders and retail traders to, uh, to to increase their volume. So you've got you know upward volatility and you've got volume sort of uh, occurring at the same time. And that that really you know was a tremendous story for Bitcoin in the third quarter. Fourth quarter is going to be dicier, and uh, the first quarter of this year is probably going to be a little bit dicey too. Um, how, how difficult is it for somebody else to recreate? If, if one of He-Man's exchanges just wants to start their own new crypto exchange, is that impossible? Is it easy? You know, what what really protects Coinbase? So, I, I think there are several uh, several facets to, to what's going on. First off, first off, it takes a, a huge um, technology investment to create the platform uh, with the resilience to undertake a significant amount of trading. You know, there's a there's an enormous you know sort of safeguarding and security aspect to thing, uh, to uh, or to setting up the software and setting up the uh, technology platform, um, and this is a retail business. Um, it's also an institutional business, but it's a retail business. And because it's a retail business, uh, name brand matters. Uh, Coinbase has a first mover advantage. Um, they've got a 12% market share of, uh, of cryptocurrency on their platform. So they are the market leader in the United States. They're a public company. So they've got a number of advantages, um, you know, first mover advantage primarily that a lot of other people don't have. 
Gotcha. And you mentioned pretty strong ratings. So it, it sounds like you know this is a real company with real cash flows. Could you could you just give us a better sense of like how strong this balance sheet is? You know, is this going to end up being like a high quality bank one day, um, or is there you know, a risk that they just end up and fade away after a few years? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. You know, are they a real company? I mean, they are a real company. You know, they, they went public uh, via an IPO in 2021. They have a real balance sheet, more than $6 billion of cash as of the end of the, of the third quarter of 2021. That will probably decline somewhat when we see the fourth quarter numbers come out next week. Um, I think it's next week. Uh, some of the cash will likely go away as Coinbase invests in infrastructure, technology, uh, marketing, etc. Um, but they have real cash flow, $3.2 billion of EBITDA over the last 12 months. They're big, 75 million users, probably more after their Super Bowl bouncing QR ad. Um, in th- the third quarter of 2021, they traded more than $300 billion of crypto. Uh, they've got more than $5 billion of revenues uh, on an annualized basis, and they've got a 12% market share. It's a, it's a real company. Luckily, I was with a group of teenagers, so I was able to figure out exactly what that commercial was. I'm sure a lot of other people were sitting there uh, with gray hair like me and not very uh, not very sure. But in terms of uh, in terms of bond value, um, you know, do you think spreads could tighten? More likely to to widen it as 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 the stock sells off. And then finally, you know, you mentioned J.P. Morgan before. Are there, are there others in 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 your world or just in the big picture of, of fins that? Um, you see having um, much more exposure to cryptos going forward just versus just sort of dipping their toes. So I, I would sort of go back to what Mike said. I mean, I, I think that, you know, when we talk about the spreads in uh, in Coinbase, it's, it's a new company. It's in kind of an untested industry. So I think that the market is taking a wait-and-see approach um, towards how things unfold. Uh, in its own S1, uh, uh, Coinbase talks about uh, talks about Google and and their first mover advantage uh, in uh, in web search. You know, twenty twenty five years ago or so, um, and that's sort of the way that they see themselves. And the crypto world is unfolding in a very similar way to uh, you know sort of the internet in the early days. You've got uh, exponential growth. Um, the World Bank uh, noted that there were about 100 million users of crypto in 2020. They expect that to exceed 1 billion by 2025. So the long-term prospects are fantastic. Uh, the short-term prospects are very choppy because prices are going to move up and down and there's going to be a significant amount of volatility and correlation with risk assets um, over time that, that may diminish. Um, and then just in terms of the adoption of, of, uh, of cryptocurrency, um, you know, all, all indications are that this is just going to continue to grow. Um, Bitcoin, I, I think, has sort of staked out a, a you know, significant first mover uh, position in in the market. Other financial institutions are going to hop on board, and, and other institutions are going to hop on board. Um, and uh, and Bitcoin is going to you know be well positioned to take advantage of uh, of the overall growth of that market. I think. Gotcha, gotcha, good stuff. Well, one of those uh, one of those other companies to to hop on board, and, and I won't be square and call it by its old name, um, is Block. <laughs> Um, yeah, you like that. Um, luckily, we've got He-Man to, to walk us through the story of Block. Welcome, He-Man. Thank you for having me, Rob. Um, so I, I know Jack Dorsey well. Jack covered Twitter. Um, now he's focusing more on, on on Block, and of course he's the CEO there. 
Um, he's been a big advocate of Bitcoin. Um, I, you know, after you launched on the name, you know, I, I was surprised that um, that crypto represents more than half of Block's revenues. Um, but you don't seem to be that worried about it. You know, so just tell us, you know, what, what impact does Bitcoin have on Block um, or what non-impact does it have on Block? Um, walk us through that structure. Sure. So, again, thanks for having me. And as you said, yes, Jack Dorsey, uh, the CEO of Block, is a big advocate of Bitcoin. And uh, only Bitcoin. Uh, he's not a big favorite of uh, any altcoins like Ethereum, which is what Mike said is one of the three mosquitoes, or Dogecoin. Uh, yeah, so the Bitcoin is a major part of Block's business. Now, uh, Bitcoin ha uh, Block has two main ecosystems. One is a seller app and one is the cash app. And the company's cash app allows peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin transactions. But it's really a low-margin business. Uh, as you said, Bitcoin accounts for more than half of their revenue, almost 60%. Uh, because the reason for that is the company reports all the Bitcoin transactions as revenues. Uh, but it's only 5% of gross profit. Now, as Mike mentioned earlier, that Bitcoin is a risky and a highly volatile investment. So if the demand for Bitcoin goes down, it will hurt the company's top line and bottom line. So it's not a very stable business for Block. Uh, it's a good business in the sense it attracts more users to its Cash App uh, and grow the user base of the Cash App. So we like it from that perspective. But investors need to understand that this is a really risky and highly volatile investment. So uh, if the transaction volume goes down, it will likely hit the revenue and the earnings of the company. Um, but unlike, but he meant, sorry to interrupt. Unlike companies that um, McGlone mentioned, like Micro or Tesla, they're not actually putting their own dollars into Bitcoin. Yeah, correct? It's are. more. It's more. They are. They are. <laughs> oh, how, how much? And so, what sort of exposure do they have? So so far, Block has uh, in purchased about two hundred and twenty million in Bitcoin. I see. And that's about five percent of their total cash. And so that's that's manageable because I think that's almost in line with where Tesla is. But my concern is that the management has said that they may purchase more over time. And we don't think it'll be a good idea to convert most of the company's cash to Bitcoin for the reasons I just mentioned. So so they do. So it's not that just uh, the CEO is a big advocate or the company uh, Bitcoin represents more than half of revenue. They are also investing in Bitcoin. So, yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, beyond Bitcoin, it, you know, Block just went through a, a massive acquisition. They're buying Afterpay's buy now, pay later business for close to thirty billion dollars. You know, how, how did you view that? You know, positive, negatives. What are the the, the 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 major risks and rewards there? Sure. So the acquisition just closed last month, um, and I think the acquisition makes strategic sense because I think it'll help connect uh, and accelerate growth in the, the two ecosystems of the company, which I just mentioned, uh, the seller app and the cash app. Uh, but of course, the acquisition of this size, as you said, 30 billion, uh, comes with integration risk, right? So, uh, and then there's also incremental credit risk. Um, and I'll explain that a little bit uh, for the listeners who don't know. So buy now, pay later, or BNPL credit is, is a type of deferred payment option that allows you to um, split a purchase into smaller, um, typically four installments, with soft or no credit checks. So we have seen a strong demand for BNPL in the last two, three years, but most of the loans are concentrated heavily on near prime and thin file borrowers. 
And what that does is that increases the risk of credit losses. So the acquisition makes sense, absolutely, yes, from a growth perspective. But we do have concerns that BNPL product uh, may have weaker through the cycle credit performance. So that's something that we're watching right now. And, and what about just more specific for, for credit and for bonds, sort of like coin, you know, this is a double B name, mm-hmm. you know, is, is block headed for for investment grade? Is it a, is a rising star? Bonds have up any more upside? Sure. So bonds are rated mid double B by the three rating companies. Uh, Fitch has a negative, uh, a positive outlook, sorry, on blocks. Um, the bonds actually trade tighter than finance and technology peers, and wider than triple B rated for obvious reasons. Uh, now we think that bonds may have limited tightening potential in the near term. Um, because of the risk that I just mentioned, the integration risk with its acquisition and the credit risk in, in the BNPL product. Uh, now, Fitch has a positive outlook, as I said, and based on our analysis of all the credit metrics, they're actually the company's actually doing better than um, the upgrade triggers of the rating companies and their base case scenario. So we see that as a positive rating catalyst in the near term. Um, now, in terms of an upgrade to an investment grade, that could take three years or longer because uh, we think that will require the company to significantly increase its profitability. So an upgrade might be possible to high double B, but IG, I think we, we think it may take some time. Gotcha, gotcha. Listen, I I, I really think that you know, this is going to have, Bitcoin, cryptos are going to have a much bigger impact across our world of corporate credit uh, over the next 6, 12 months. And uh, it'll be interesting to see as it expands beyond financials that you guys are covering um, what ends up happening. Um, so I look forward to having this conversation again later on in the year. Uh, I really want to thank our guest, Mike, David, Himanshu, uh, for joining us and, and for all of you for, for once again listening to our BI Credit Chat uh, podcast. As always, if you need anything from our team, please feel free to reach out directly to the analysts or to me, and I can put you in the right direction, or simply access the credit research dashboard at BI Cred G. Stay happy and healthy until next month. May your longs be tighter and your shorts wider. Bye-bye. <laughs>